0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winking It F One Podcast Belgian Grand Prix review. I'm Adam Dickinson, and I'm back from my two-week holiday in Devon, and I'm here with Freddie and Nigel. Freddie, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm back from my two-day holiday in Devon, which no one noticed
1: about because we structured the podcast around it. Um, <laughs> in which I was, I think I went on the other side of the road to you, Adam, and yet didn't see you. Um, but enough of that. That's for the
0: the other podcast. Um, I mean, th- yeah. Did you did you structure the holiday around the podcast or the podcast around the holiday? That's a big question. Probably. Um,
1: that's what I mean by other podcast.
0: <laughs> um, and Nigel,
2: how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I haven't been on holiday because I have. I always plan my time around these podcasts, as you know. So I'm very dedicated to the Winging It F1 podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as um, soon as we're talking about that, you can find us on Twitter at, at Winging It F1 and all our personal Twitters, mine's at Dickinson one Freddie's is at Redcoats1999 and Nigel's is at Nigel C. Jernot, unless they've changed it since I was last on the podcast, which I hope they haven't. Um, no one's typed up and said anything, so I'm going to hope that's correct. And we'll move on to the Belgian Grand Prix.
2: Which, what a great race.
0: Yeah, it wasn't the best, <laughs> to be honest. Um, Max said he wasn't enjoying it and he was driving in it, which um, compared to some of his other radio messages at the end of Grand Prix, particularly the two at Silverstone, um, was a bit of a different tone. Um, what did you guys make of it? I think it had elements to it that were kind of intriguing, but I think that's...
1: There were definite saving graces. I think if it, because it, the fact that it wasn't wholly boring, wasn't a tedious drivel race like Barcelona, I think was, um, and Hungary was because of Spa, the track allowed some alternative action to take place, such as Pierre Gasly coming through the field. Basically, that was it. But and it also, well, I kept some battles open in various places, such as. Um, Ocon and Norris closing an album and so on. So there was there was potential for fights because it's Spa, but it shouldn't. Yeah, it was it was too little.
2: Yeah, it felt very much like the first Silverstone race without the tyre blowouts at the end to me. So just had the you know midfield running along and yeah, Gasly came through, but even that didn't really excite me. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't know. Why. Maybe it's just because. Fully passed on with DRS and stuff,
1: I think I preferred it to Silverstone because with Silverstone it seemed to be um, lots happening at one bit and then nothing, and then lots happening at the end. Whereas I think I preferred this because it was sort of drip fed. It was like little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit bit until the end, and it doesn't doesn't have the same sort of oh my god that Silverstone had at the end, where you sort of you know you standing on your at the edge of the sofa, hopping up and down, that kind of thing. You didn't get that, but you had like little bits like, I wasn't oh, that doing
2: was that. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I wasn't Silverstone. So I thought, wow, this is blowing its on its head. But this didn't have that. It had that kind of gentle, sort of, yeah, gentle race happening gradually throughout the whole thing, which it's, it's okay. But it's it's obviously, you know, it's not a Super Bowl every week, is it? It's a This is a lower league game. Hoping, hoping you'll get someone good in the Pro
0: Draft next year. <laughs> what references there? Um, Did I get yeah, it right? <laughs> Did I get the Pro Draft right? Yeah, but then yes. American football doesn't have lower leagues, so it's kind of, you got it half right. But the one below <laughs> college, um, high school. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I... I, It's interesting you said Silverstone. I thought of the Austria races, particularly the first one. Um where it's kind of like there weren't much doing but those were rescued by good bits at the end it was kind of and actually to be fair the first austria one had a lewis versus fight, which was decent but yeah i kind of i think i much preferred silverstone one definitely and probably two as well because they both had a kind of uncertainty (laughs) about it like they silverstone one you would Genuinely, like, didn't know if Lewis was going to make it until pretty much the last chicane. It was like it seemed really in the balance. And um, so, it was, and two, there was stuff about you know the strategy, what they'd be going on, uh, not as good. Um, in Austria, obviously, there was the uh, kind of mad fight at the end in Austria too. There was Norris's you know charge up. Was it nice? Norris? Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: think-
1: Norris, um, Perez in Austria too, as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, That's just the whole thing with like Perez, Ricardo, Ocon, Stroll, um, at the end of Norris at the end of Austria, too. But I, I didn't really feel like this had much drama in it, it had like interesting points, but yeah. not, yeah, not
2: drama. I think I, I can agree with that, Adam. I, I think as well, you know, this was round seven, wasn't it? And Bottas, Hamilton, and Verstappen. Are going to be on the podium in pretty much every race this year. and I think people, you know, might just get tired out because it's just, you know, it doesn't help. Red Bull don't have a good second driver, and you know, Ferrari are not there and stuff. So, yeah, I better not say too much more. Well, I think
1: Renault are proving an intriguing prospect. We've got Monza coming up, which Renault performed well at last year, which should have gave a kind of like a hint at the performance in this race. Now and so, but they seem to be much better at that because they've been there in spa. So, I think in Monza, Renault are going to be a very interesting um, team there. And I think we've got the announcement of the Bahrain outer layout, which is just a straight, followed by a straight with a fiddly bit. So, that's going to be another thing to, to potentially pin down on Renault to see, well, what's going to happen here then? They could potentially, I mean, they started on the second row at spa. What can they do in Monza and Bahrain?
0: Mm. Yeah, it's. I I do. I think Leclerc as well, kind of into that mix because he's been not today. (laughs) Well, no, not today. But in general, over the season, kind of he's been Hmm. best of the rest quite a few times. And crucially, in the races where he's been able to get podiums, you know, he's been when um, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen haven't been locking out the top three. He's been the one taking advantage of that the most. But Yeah, kind of on on the flip side, going to some power heavy tracks. Although he did he did well at um, Silverstone, Austria, and Barcelona, which were all kind of more powery tracks on paper. Yeah, they've
1: got a bit more medium speed to them, whereas the high speed and just everything about it just shot Ferrari in the foot. And even if it is a a draggy car, that's a horrific setup in high speed corners. You'd still, it, it seemed to sort of be like Leclerc had been dragged down to Vettel Silverstone performance, rather than the other way around, which we want Vettel to come up to Leclerc Silverstone performance, which was yeah Leclerc finishing on the podium and getting fourth or whatever it was in the next race, um, with Vettel you know on the fringes of the points. But on this, it seemed to be Leclerc just and Vettel were on a par with each other, just at the back, and I think. You know, it doesn't. Look, it looks like they've taken step backs throughout the year, and yeah, Leclerc's been there when he has been able to, but it's looking more and more unlikely that there will be opportunities for Leclerc or Vettel even to potentially get get there and pick up where other people make mistakes. I think there's going to be fewer opportunities for that, and it's good that he's done it when he has.
2: Yeah, it's just incredible what's happened to Ferrari. Really, I mean, finishing behind an Alfa Romeo, same engine. I I do think this weekend was a outlier for Ferrari. We know we knew there was going to be going to be bad but for them to be this bad they must have got the setup wrong and and stuff over practice because this was just yeah. shocking. They better, you know if 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 they didn't have Leclerc and Vettel in the car they would have got out they would have got out, out in Q1 I'm pretty sure the drivers almost saved them in qualifying. and then in the race everything well yeah, they had slow stops, Leclerc had no pace, Vettel had no pace, they had no tyre management, they were pouring in the corners, they were slowest on the straights, they had no grip. Everything just went wrong. The only thing that didn't happen was that they didn't hit each other. I mean, they nearly did at one point. <laughs> it's just absolutely That's shocking. Hilarious. It really is. A, a multi-million pound company. One of the best tracks in the world is getting beat by an Alpha Romeo with the same engine, the same. It's just uh, an Alpha Romeo that qualified
1: last in, I think, Catalonia, but definitely at a few races this year.
2: Yeah, and an Alpha Romeo. That no offense to Kimi Räikkönen, but he's not exactly one of the best drivers on the grid anymore. (laughs) So it's just, oh, I don't even know what. Water is to say they just Ferrari have got no speed and, and it just I have no idea how Leclerc got those two podiums he's had this season after the after the performance they've they've had today uh, well not just today over the weekend so well there's, yeah. there's
1: there's been some interesting comments that came out on the in the Ferrari press releases and everything yesterday it seems to be that every interview that Vettel gave he was just like yeah we're just really slow we haven't done a a set that's aimed for the race or anything we are just slow but um. Yeah. Lauren uh, Laurent Mekies said in or Mickey's said in the press release that they had gone for a setup that sort of aims towards potentially reigning the race and you know they were but that just they're trying to paper over the cracks in their in their The setup middle
2: sector is atrocious as well. So yeah. It they're
1: not even clawing it back. But their setup is gone of, out of the window and mm. they haven't got any straight line speed because they cheated last year and presumably the year before. And Ooh, cheated.
2: Might not off. but they might not have.
1: <laughs> yeah, they might not have cheated. Um, so they would win now. No, they've cheated, and um, come at me, lawyers and <laughs> FIA. And but yeah, and so you've just got whatever Vettel said yesterday. It's just like I think this is our performance, and it is. It's their what? performance. <laughs> it was. They they even with Sainz not starting the race, they they finished where they started.
2: Yeah, Carlos Sainz in the middle of the race. Sorry, i He might uh, have got overtaken. Sainz went like that, or something. It was obviously Sainz. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. They they mentioned that on the um, on the BBC coverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not poor guy, but whatever. Yeah, you wouldn't. I think <laughs> the, the Norris Ricardo battle is going to be mega next year, but yeah, for Sainz, you'd just be. And it's not like there's any hope that it's really going to turn around at the moment, like, because they didn't see much they can do for next year, kind of within the regulations as much as anything else, you know, even before whether it's actually technically possible to, you know, get back to where, you know, anywhere near where they were last season. It's, yeah, it's just shocking. And you don't know, you don't know where they're going to go. And if they didn't, as you said, if they didn't have, better than Leclerc. I mean, especially Leclerc. I think this season might have even been more impressive than his season last year. Just, you know, it's more under the radar because he's not winning races. But if they didn't have that driver partnership, you know, they'd be... they to even, Q1 um,
2: every race. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be good, that's for sure. I think it's it's a shame over... It's a shame that we've got three dominant drivers in the field rather than two. Because if it, if we only had two huh. drivers dominating, then we'd have like a new face on the podium every week.
1: Wow. Yeah. The are the... in third position, but we don't. Yeah. It's fourth. That
0: would be brilliant. I'd love that. That'd be so good. But yeah.
1: I mean, it would still be just like whichever. It's, it's the whole like, it lends itself to the class B argument, which is if you take away the top three teams, there's still a, the driving fourth would then technically dominate.
2: Who's the third team?
1: Is the third team? Um, Is it Renault Racing Point? Is it McLaren? Technically, Ferrari is one, two, or three points behind Racing Point. (laughs) So, who knows? It's just it's it. it, That's interesting, Mm. but it's just not the top. You're right, Adam. Thank
0: you.
1: It's okay. (laughs) Like so, yeah. Even if they, even if they, even if you've got you know junior Ferrari engine strategist at the factory sits there goes, Oh, what if we do this? And they go, Yes. Then it's a bit like, oh no, it's three token systems. We've got two tokens, which is the new the new regulation, so save costs and to save um on massive regulation change on the um the money saving for the massive regulation change coming in twenty twenty two. To save money on that the token systems have been reintroduced for this year. You've got two tokens you're allowed to use essentially and big engine sort of alterations is gonna be two tokens. Even if they find a cure, then they're not going to be able to implement it. It's just they're not. Yeah. yeah. Um, run lots of fuel, should you?
0: Well, well, on the subjective top teams, top three teams, perhaps. Um, what, <laughs> what, what, what's going on with <laughs> racing point? Because we've, you know, debated whether perhaps. they. <laughs> Because we've debated kind of whether, you know, where they are in relation to Red Bull. But they just don't, you know, a track which coming into the weekend, you kind of would, they've done strongly in all of their guises at Spa historically. And you kind of would have expected them to be somewhere near there again. They've, you know, not had the, they've got the Mercedes engine modes, had them this week. And they have just, then... You know, they're not where they should be, where they want to be. What, yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, me, me and Freddie thought they were Perez would get third place this weekend. I think in our Did predictions we? last oh, week, okay. I think we both said Perez, there well, we are, definitely one of us, but yeah, they were nowhere, weren't they? They got the strategy wrong with, uh, wrong with Perez today, I guess, uh, by not pitting mm. under the safety car. But he still yeah. finished a
1: second off stroll, so arguably that's where he would have finished in the end.
2: I don't the, think he would have finished behind Stroll. To be but, well,
1: okay, he would have finished ninth. <laughs> that would be it. It's still the same points for well, the team. I, I, I think I think it would have shaked out pretty similarly because at the start of the race, even if they had pitted Perez um, under the safety car, Perez is still three or four positions behind Stroll because Perez has got a pretty naff start. So even if he had pulled it back and you know, ordered, filtered through,
2: I think, had a a and, I think they had a better race car than McLaren so, then how did so
1: Norris nice. jump both of them and finish seventh?
2: I don't know. Yeah, no, they just had a. On, you're, you're, you're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're,
1: they're just. It's, it's a historic track that works fantastically well. For them. Spa is a symbolic track for for um, racing point, fortune, Jordan, all of them. But mm. for some reason, I think be it just Renault getting there on the strap on the on the setup a little bit better with the the trim, and. McLaren sort of being on a par and just sort of occupying it slightly better whether whether science not being there allowed them to focus entirely a whole team behind Norris. But well, that's you know, that's negligible difference, frankly. But they were able to just about switch with get get the jump and that enabled Norris to then to just I mean it's Norris to keep on the back of Ocon, really. I think Stroll et into his tires quite a lot. And I think it's just, you know, one thing led to another and then ninth and tenth, that's it. Yeah. And I think it's just every everyone else teams just do sort of a fraction of a different route to them and just do a fraction better, which is all I can really think
0: of. On on that, like for so long Racing Point Force India have been the kind of team that would get the most kind of value mm. for money, most value out of, you know, like yeah. the position they were in, in the race, whatever, they kind of, you know, seem to be the team of the midfield that you back to, you know, take advantage of stuff like that and get an edge over that. If they didn't have one in the car, and this season they've kind of been the opposite. They've probably been underperforming in terms of results compared to where the car is. Because you know, McLaren Austrian Grand Prix aside, they've not been kind of stellar. They've had they've had a few fifth places, but they've not. Spain, they were clearly for been the best.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. You're right. Fourth and fifth Spain, yeah. Spain. Sure and in too, sure. 2, without Hülkenberg's um, calling in some issues at the end, um, they would have been fourth and fifth again in that one. Mm-hmm. So they should they should really have done better. You're right. And it just seems feel... like they've just been slightly I don't know whether they've been um, bolstered by their own hype, if that makes sense. Like, they're sort of like, well, we've done this in the past two races and, you know, Silverstone and Barcelona aren't, you know, they're similar tracks in some respects, but they aren't, you know,
2: they aren't
1: aren't buddies in that regard. But like, if you look at that and you think, well, okay, we've done this, these two tracks, if we do a similar mood set up here, maybe that will help again. But Hmm. does everyone else went a bit braver with their alterations? I think, I
2: think think there's a few things. And I think this is the first time we've seen uh, really cool track temperatures Compared to the to what we've seen this season, so perhaps Racing Point struggled with that. I think also as Renault has shown, going with a low with a low downforce package and having good good straight line speed uh, seemed to work over going with a high downforce package, which is what Ferrari say they went with. Although they were still slow, but uh, yeah, I think I think those two I think those two things maybe combined to the. Uh, As to why Racing Point were off the pace, perhaps?
1: I think the cool temperatures is a very good point, actually, because if you think back to Austria 2 qualifying in the wet, they Mm, were way off. Perez out in Q1. If you think back to the sort of the start of Hungary, they they sort of were tentative at the start, and Perez dropped back a bit and strolled. Just had to use all his natural cold tyre talent to be able to do that. It seems that I think you've pretty much probably nailed it there with the cold temperatures.
0: Yeah, Sherlock <laughs> Nigel. <laughs> um, and one of the teams you mentioned there, Renault. We've touched on them a bit already. Where do you think those they fit in kind of to the picture? Because they've they kind of seem to be the form team, maybe I don't know. And they've had, but I, I don't I don't know. I don't know whether it's Ricardo. He's kind of out driving the car because he is compared to some of the other drivers in the midfield battle he's kind of in the same way as Leclerc he's a proven talent a proven race winner so I don't know whether it's him out driving the car I mean Ocon had a great result today but where Nigel where would you kind of what do you think is going on with Renault?
2: Well whatever is going on it's working definitely Uh, which we've seen last season at Canada and Monza they had really good pace with the low downforce package and that seems to be the case again this year, except this year they seem to have improved uh, in the corners and the twistier sections. So, then yeah, they, they really seem to have pretty good form. Uh, and as Freddie mentioned before, I think we can expect them to even be pushing Red Bull at Monza. But yeah, we can talk about that in the next podcast. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what see if they can continue this. The other tracks with the consistency and um, to be consistent, sorry, but yeah, I think Fernando Alonso would be quite happy. He's, he's resigned really for for twenty twenty
1: one. If um, if you were to have said at any point that Ricardo would finish in fourth in the run three point four seconds behind Verstappen at the end That's of the, the race, fastest lap. Mm. fastest lap. You're right. He absolutely he said at the end on his radio that he sent it, and he did. He just absolutely went on that final lap, and he was. We can all sit and say on paper. Ricardo's in fourth, Ocon's in fifth, but he's twenty-five odd seconds up the road on his teammate. Something maybe a bit less, bit bit fewer. Um, but that's really good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not like shocked because at Silverstone, I think the first race they yeah. showed pretty good pace and they had really good tire wear Ooh. as well. In fact, I think Renault has possibly got the best tire wear out of all all the teams, maybe. Well, I think them and McLaren perhaps have the best title, I reckon. But but yeah, it was fantastic to see. And, you know, they've committed to F1. So if they can keep this up, upward trend, then, then it will be a good thing. But uh, it's great yeah, to it's, see. Yeah. It's, just it's really nice
1: to see, see Ricardo and Ocon just in a team that's sort of doing well. And Renault, when it's like a negative storyline, can just be the most depressing team in the paddock. But when it's going well, I mean, it's actually quite nice. I sort of forgot how much I kind of used to like this team, really. I sort of have got a bit annoyed at them recently just because they seem to be a bit ugh, doldrums, but they're not,
2: they're doing good. It's hooray! Carry on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, one more thing I'll say is that I think, didn't Ricardo lose out in the pit stops or something if he was behind? Uh, Verstappen on the safe. I don't think he was behind Verstappen on the safety got restart. If he was, you know, he could have perhaps no, got wasn't. into third. He could have perhaps got into third if he overtook him on the restart. Yeah, no, he Gasly was the one
1: who nearly went into third. That's
2: right, yeah. Perez and Gasly split Verstappen and Ricardo, wasn't it? Ricardo so,
1: did very well on lap one to hold it on the inside of Lecom all the way through um mm. Rivage and nearly have a sniff into no name as well. Yeah. Like he did he did very well to, to hold on there. And mm. I mean, they were saying after the race, oh, it must be really nice for Ricardo to be able to be up there fighting a Red Bull. But like, well, no, he he lost out. It must be actually really awful. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it could have been even better today had Mercedes or Verstappen slipped up or had Ricardo had that chance at the restart if he didn't have the cars in between him and and Max because the Renault top speed was was amazing uh, this weekend.
1: If it got in front, there was no way it would have been passed under yeah. DRS by Verstappen with um yeah. the draggy setup that Rebel famously run. And there's no And he managed
2: to... his tires as well as well.
1: Mm. So he can, you know, he can he can control it in the middle sector, could Ricardo, if he had got in front, could have controlled it really nicely, kept Verstappen at kind of arm's length and then just shot away. And we saw how hard it was for um Albon to keep up with drivers ahead of him. Don't don't jump onto your album hating time. That's later. Um, <laughs> it's hard to to keep up with the Honda engine on the straights, even if you're fast in the middle sector. So with the low-trim Renault, he could have just shot away and held Verstappen at arm's length if he got in front, but he didn't. So that didn't happen. But that's what could happen in Monza. Hooray, carry on.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll take it up quickly. The um, other... We'll skip a few places for now, but we'll go back, don't worry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Gasly had, I mean, we all mentioned him in the introduction as kind of the standout storyline, probably, of the race. Um, he finished eighth, which is another good result for Alpha AlphaTauri. And was he last at one stage? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he
2: was. Yeah,
0: yeah so trying the performance from him that yeah, I think he's putting a lot of I don't know, it's difficult without <laughs> it's difficult to not get drawn into the Red Bull debate, but kind of he's doing all he needs to um at the moment. Kind of where where does that rank for you in performances of this season, Freddie?
1: Up there. Way up there. I mean, he was on the hards at the beginning, but he, you know, flew up from where he was twelfth on the grid to in the way way in the top ten. And then he he got past Sergio Perez up O'Rouge Radion, which was fantastic. Absolutely. It was, oh man, it was ballsy and terrifying. And Perez squeezed him like there was no tomorrow. Perez has gone off worse there in the past with Ocon when they were teammates. Then they, when one of them hit the wall. I think it was Ocon then got squeezed into the wall um, by Perez. So he, he's, he's, that's the contentious place to be. If I were Gasly, I would be not coming out of that with a clear head. He kept in there. He had a little jab back at Perez, just like, "Hey, don't put me in the wall, mate. Come on!" And then just like drove past, clean past him, and then, yeah, just carried on with his charge. And then the, the safety car came at pretty much the wrong time for him, but it allowed him to give us some heroics. And yeah, I mean, he was faster than everyone else, but he, he, he wiped the floor really with everyone he came past. And I think what really sealed it was the fact that despite Perez pitting earlier than him. He came back through, and did take Perez. Um, still, at the end, and Stroll for equal measure. So he did a yeah. did a cracking job, I think. And yeah. and on a weekend where he's come back to sorry, no, he's come back to Spa. To, to Spa, where the site of um, Anton Huber's uh, passing last year and the horrendous accident. We know how much that has affected Pierre. He he um, he lived with Antoine for a bit, so. Kudos to him. That's just, yeah, yeah. I think it is up there, Adam. To answer your question, it's one of the drives of the season so far. Uh, I don't
2: think I don't think it's one of the drives of the season so far, but it was a very good. He's probably the standout performance of the day, as we said. Uh, I think I'm just thinking without the safety car. I think perhaps you could have even gotten to six, seven, maybe a couple positions higher because he was on that hard tire to start with. So. Yeah, but it was, it was a great performance yet again from from Gasly. He's really impressive, and yeah, I think I think people are maybe underestimating that this Alphatari is is you know right right up there in, in amongst the midfield runners. Because before this season, I thought Alpha Tauri would be back with Hass and Alpha at the back, Alpha Romeo, Alphatari. Uh, but yeah, it was a great performance at the weekend from from Gasly.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's. we'll talk more in another podcast about the Gasly, Alvin, Red Bull situation. Um, and I'm sure we've all got plenty to say about that. But Alvin did finish sixth. He didn't get the best strategy. It's like the third race in a row. I think that he's not had the optimal strategy. And I don't really understand where Red Bull are coming from. With that, kind of where... And he, he, he held off on, you know, for a few laps, to be fair, on very worn tires before coming on the final lap. But kind of, is it, is it again kind of difficult to rate that performance from Albon because of the factors against it? Or kind of, yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> Freddie, we're, it's a bit of a standoff here, so who goes first? Um, I think... It is hard to rate. Um, th- at the end of the day, you could argue he didn't make the advantage of the mediums when he could have done, when he needed to, um, which left him sitting sitting pretty to be taken later on when they went, um, be it being stuck behind Perez and, and Gasly where Ricardo managed to get past. But um, it, I don't really know. I don't know how much they dropped off because it did seem to be he did have a gap to walk on and O'Con was close seemed to be sort of only just about able to match it until the end where it was just him and Norris was both able to close so it seemed to be he was it felt to me like he was hitting a bit of a cliff but um yeah i don't know he didn't make think, the most of it when he could have done to be fair
2: do you think Freddie if he was on the hard tire he would have beaten Ricardo today
1: no i don't think he'd have beaten Ricardo but i think he would no. have beaten O'Con
2: Okay, yeah. I, sick, mean, I mean, I mean that's, that. I mean, if you're saying that to not be a Renault when you're in a Red Bull, I know, I know the Renault, you know, was really good this year, but I think for, for me, this is how I see it. If, if for on a normal day, Albon should be P four. On a bad day, he should be P six. Now I don't know how many times, you know, that's happened this season, but it's it's just not, just not there for me. I mean, it was. Half second wing in qualified, I think he was looking good up until Q3, but again, yeah, there's nothing, there's no signs of him improving for me, and I think that's the more worrying thing. That, that That's my problem.
0: I think it would have been very difficult to beat Ricardo, That I mean, we all said he how well he did, and that he could well have been on for third had things gone a different way in the pit stops, so I think that. Probably says more about how good a drive it was from Ricardo, who's a driver who's been in the sport for a while and you know yeah. been in a top team for a while. But yeah, it was. I don't understand what Red Bull are doing with the strategies for Albon. I don't know whether it's trying to kind of do research for. I mean, that's a. It's not a the time, opinion. is it? No, I like, was
1: seriously considering Albon. the two stop with both drivers at some at one point. They were. Um, they were very, very... I think with Albon, I think they were certain that they would be going onto to a two-stop, perhaps. But then they are like, oh, he's able to manage it just. But I think they were very careful to do the do the one-stop. But I think they were genuinely, probably close to 70-30, convinced they were going to do a two-stop and then could then... You know, if they do a medium sit when everyone else is on hards with Album, then he can get track position later on. Um, but... Obviously that wasn't the case and at that at that stage in the race when they were pitting, the tire deck knowledge was just not there because it was it was a bit too early. Mm. Because Perez made the softs last quite long, but it was it did it yeah, that's Perez and it was only it was only a pretty similar difference then for a couple of laps before Gasly pitted on the hards. So the tires seem to be a bit bit weird there and Spar's such a long lap that it doesn't really help either with tire tire information but um, mm-hmm. like you can't really easily predict. Like, oh well, if it's a sixty-lap race, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, it's easier to sort of get your head round. Whereas a forty-four-lap mm-hmm. race is slightly harder, anyway. But you know that shouldn't cut it for F, for F one strategists. But yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I don't
2: think it's fair to you know pin pin it on Red Bull strategy because ultimately, you know, even if you get a bad strategy, you still have to make the most of it and and. Again, we, we, you can't judge Albon on what. Even if he has an amazing race, say he gets on the podium or something through through look. You can't really judge his season on, on one race. You have to look at him through the season. And this season, he hasn't he hasn't really shown anything. Like I, I think today, it was the best race of the year for him so far out of the seven races, which which says a lot. Because even if even with this, with, well, which was his best race, I think he was still wasn't like great. I guess.
0: I mean, um. <laughs> Determined to not get stuck into a debate on his wider season. But I just, I can't, over the last... I just don't get it with Red Bull with <laughs> the strategy. Like I don't, They're trying
2: to do something different. Because, because they know he doesn't have the pace. So that they're trying to do... Because but, they know he doesn't have with the 30
0: pace. But to go. Yeah. I mean, I would say that if they... If it is because they don't... On C2C3C4... Yeah, I mean, it's, if, it's if a step below the tyres. If they are saying that it's because they don't think he has the pay, then, you know, that would be a worry to me looking at it. But it it feels like, given, given the kind of position that they were in, that he's qualified high up and, you know, he's not been in this position of kind of being in the top six that many times and kind of being. On the same strategy as everyone else. So it just would have seemed a lot more um, valuable to see how he goes on a standard strategy and get something from that than put him on a different strategy. For, uh, you know, I don't know whether they were trying to beat Ricardo and get fourth, but yeah. It yeah.
2: Just seems, but, but even if he was on the run, hard, yeah. even if he was on the hard tire today and he finished behind Ricardo, got fifth, would you have been impressed with that? Well,
0: we, I don't know. I. <laughs> we don't know we that kind of the problem is it's all if he did this if he finished behind ricardo would it be good if he finished he- ahead of ricardo would it be good like because we don't know because we didn't see it because they pitted him on some media and that if race ricardo did. won so <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
0: so it's like i'd just rather it's d and then we can like judge it whereas you know it depends if, if he, uh, that- that lends itself to Nigel's argument, really, because that mm.
1: just means that they're having to think outside the box because they can't, go, they can't mm. go plan A because he's qualifying down the order.
2: Yeah, I mean, they can't do plan A anyway, because to get into Q3, he can't even qualify on the mediums. He has to do it on the softs, whereas Max oh, yeah. and, that, so, yeah, and it so, qualifying. he's compromising himself there because he doesn't have the ultimate pace. So he's just on the same strategy as the cars around him. He can't do something different, even though he's got the car to do it.
0: Okay, so that's the top ten covered, but one of the biggest, if not the biggest incident in the race was two drivers all the way outside the top ten, and that was Antonio Giovinazzi and George Russell. So Giovinazzi went off, hit the barrier, and then kind of slipped back onto track, and his wheel came loose and then hit George Russell's front right, which broke the suspension on Russell's car and sent him into the barrier. Um, It was a nasty Accident and probably one that made you again at Spa made you thankful that the halo is in operation on the cars because it could have been a lot worse had that not been the case. And the tyre had struck Russell or Russell's car at a different angle. But kind of is this something to be worried about? You know, wheels leaving, leaving the tethers and leaving the cars. Do you think?
2: Uh, I think that's not really much more you can do. They've done a lot over the last few decades to make sure the wheel does stay on, but you know, you can't always guarantee it. And I think it was just one of those unfortunate cases where, you know, with the G forces and the angle that car hit the barrier, the tire just fell off. But like you said, that's what the halo is there for. Luckily, uh it hit Russell's tire instead, which caused it to puncture instantly, which I found crazy. But yeah, uh, if it if it was, you know, going from Russell's head, the Halo would have been there to, to prevent it, which is, which is great. So yeah, good to see that the safety of the cars is good. And I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure as much they can do with the wheel temper yeah
1: Yeah, um, we've seen a few more incidents than is I'm comfortable with really with wheels coming off this year, um, but it's not. I agree with Nigel. There's not really anything else i can think of for them to do i mean presumably there's going to be a double check on all of the tethers now um but that's normal and the tethers have worked fantastically there's no reason why the energy going into the crash should be so much more than usual if you will to to sort of sever the tethers which is what to me it looked like from the sort of brief shot you get of the the wheel with the sort of Essentially, the, the spikes of the suspension out of it, it looks like it's been severed through all the tether's just not connected properly. So Maybe, yeah. I think that's all that seems to have happened. Um, and that just unfortunately came into George Russell's wheel. I think it's great that it did go into his wheel. Because if, yeah. if, if George Russell had sort of veered slightly differently, it had gone straight up his nose of, of the car, and that would have been catapulted into the sky. And yeah, it would have ridden on the halo, but it would have gone really much worse if that happened, I think. So um, there is probably grounds for a few more checks, a triple check before the race, perhaps, but that's all I can really suggest. Um, I think, yeah, both drives got out immediately, but the crash just, the debris strewn across the track was horrific when they cut to it. it. They were filming Hamilton and Bottas on the world feed, and then, you know, Oh yellow flag sector three what 's that has i don't know caveviat gone wide, which it normally is it 's normally something like that nothing it 's a non entity why because he 's a non entity i don 't know it was mid oh. mid mid grid someone had done something, and cavevierette was mid grid um i don 't know <laughs> and but it was then they cut to the horrendous scene of gravel and stuff and debris and bits of car on one side of the track on the middle of the track, two cars sort of steaming on the other side of the track. No sort of discernible objects apart from the safety cell and monocoque of the car, the wings have been, because you could see sort of Jovanazzi sort of just strewn, destroyed car. And it's like, Oh no, this looks horrendous. This should be stopped, cut away. Don't look at this. And I, yeah, I don't mm. It was uncomfortable viewing until they both got out, really, I think.
0: So is it, do you think, just kind of, I guess like in any sport that you can only do so much, you know, you're going to get freak accidents in yeah. in everything and, and the Hubert one springs to mind because that's, you know, such a tragic event. But they didn't actually change anything on the cars or the tracks that I'm, aware of and they just kind of concluded that it was a freak accident and nothing could be done to prevent it do we think this is you know the same thing that the tire tethers are incredibly incredibly strong i think that something like they can in terms of tensile strength they can pick up something like 13 f1 cars and hold weight which is incredible is it just something like that that we you can do you know putting the halos in and the and the tire tethers on and just
2: hope that that's enough. I the Hugh just to be just to be clear, I think they did add two extra barriers this year compared to normal. Is that, yeah, was that right, Freddie?
1: Yeah, they've extended the tire barrier at the top of yeah. Radion because so, so um, sort so of much. all the way round. Yeah, and I think they've made it a bit deeper as well. But I'm not yeah. sure about that. Um, um, being, they've taken off the astroturf that was there, I think, because that's yeah. um, when Kevin Magnussen he had a big crash there in um, 2016 when he was in the Renault. And that his car, he got onto the AstroTurf and the car just sort of flicked round and flew into the wall at uncontrollable speeds. Obviously, at the top of that um, top of that corner, and so they've taken off the AstroTurf as a result of basically to prevent. As if a car does sort of have a have a swapper there, they're not they lose grip completely. They can sort of regain it. And you saw in the F2 race this morning um, that Giotto Luca Giotto in the high tech car he's running sort of fifth or sixth of mid pack and he got a bit of a swapper on a restart at the top of the hill and was able to sort of just gather it up straight away and lost one position because there was no it was just on the tarmac, completely the tarmac runoff, proving why we have tarmac runoff right there in that race. So um I think you're right, Adam. There's sort of I don't know what
0: else we can do.
2: Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think there's in you know, in every sport, obviously, cricket, Philip Hughes died, must be like five or six years ago now. But that you know, that was kind of similar, just one in a million chance. And we've had footballers collapsing from cardiac arrest, same in cycling, same in rugby. I think you know, there's concussion problems with a lot of sports as well. But yeah, it is, looks like one of those three accidents that is quite. You know, you've just got to hope that the one million chances and come off, because the safest thing for any sport or any activity to do is not go ahead, but you know, acceptably, it's an acceptable risk, and I think in this case, it it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, completely. I agree with you, and yeah, I mean, the worst that happened to Russell and Giovinazzi was that they were slightly winded. Russell was back in the pits before the end of the safety car. It was a very fast Belgian marshal or something on a scooter, but um, they, yeah, both straight up, straight back at it and, you know, onto the next one already for them, so.
0: Okay. Well, we've covered that. The only other kind of major incident happened before the race started with Carlos Sainz not making it to the grid with an exhaust problem. Um, it's off the back of last week and I can't get the thing um, off the back of him getting a good, very good result in Barcelona um, two weeks ago now and I mean how frustrating must that be for him because he's not he's trailing Norris in kind of the standings and in performances probably Norris has been the more impressive driver and then he gets a bit of momentum up and immediately it's cooked because he can't make the start
2: yeah it's massively frustrating to not start the race, you know, reliability issue. Well, we don't really see these kind of issues too much nowadays. I know Nico Hulkenberg didn't start the race uh, a few, few weeks ago at Silverstone, but yeah, for science, it's just one of them things, really, you have to move on and hope, hope for better. But, but Norris had a decent race. He lost that like at the start again, which was sort of a bit frustrating for him, because is quite a few times he's lost out at the start, but he seemed to recover quite well. I think I think the McLaren is a car that runs well in clean air, but in the traffic, it struggles a little, a little bit compared to say the Renault or the AlphaTauri. But yeah, Norris came alive at the end and got a few more good points. But yeah, I'm not really not sure about about McLaren this year because he started off really well, but the last couple of races, he's just have Drop back a little bit, so but they but they keep picking up a few points, and that that's what you have to do ultimately. Because if you you have to look at racing point, you haven't maximised their chances. So so yeah, a race of two halves for 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 McLaren.
1: Yeah, he was straight away relegated to fan before the race. It was a bit of a shame for him, really. Um, well, I don't really know how to to deal with that if you're a driver, like you. Hmm. You look at it, and but I think particularly from a team perspective, right, with so much practice, so much effort to get to that stage, and pit lane opens thirty minutes to the race. You know, you're psyched up. Everyone on the team is psyched up. Everyone's ready. You've been going over everything from um, since two o'clock the day, three o'clock the day before. You've been looking over all the data, looking over what's the best opportunity up until late at night, early in the morning. You're back doing that, figuring out the best strategy. So it's like, cool, now we're in the car. This is it. We're going to do this. Oh, the exhaust has gone. Damn. Back to the garage. End of. And I just think, oh, it's the most crushing thing that you get to such a stage. And I mean, at least it wasn't the last lap, but like for Lando last year where he broke down from fifth place, a solid, brilliant, one of his best drives of the year last year, and he lost 10, 10 points straight out. And at least it wasn't that for Carlos Sainz, I think, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of irritating.
2: I think Sainz has been one of the unluckiest drivers this year because he's had uh, problems with pit stops. <laughs> yeah, that. that, And he's also <laughs> had problems in the races with pit stops and stuff as well when he's been running in a, in a good, good position. Then, you know, uh, Spa, he didn't even start. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit deceiving that nourish sainz battle was to Norwich is ahead, but um, I don't think sights is as far off as, as some people think.
1: It did leave a bit of oil on the track as well. It was a bit slippery in the final,
2: yeah.
1: final chicane. Like Hamilton went off there, Bottas went off there. Sort of when they're on the kind of in their rhythm, they're sort of a little bit. They're in the zone, a little bit. You know, just getting on with it. So
2: hard just, at the front. Oh, line. it's gone a
1: bit. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 and that's it. Oh, gone wide a little bit. Oh well. Because you know, a touch of oil down there, perhaps from his exhaust. They showed a clip of it before the race, and it was sort of spilling out a bit, but nothing massive. Um, it seemed to um, it didn't really help Lando Norris at the end because then he locked up when he was having a last lap sniff for Alex Albon for sixth place. Then he locked up and just completely missed the corner. <laughs> um, bless him. So it was mm, shame for science. That's all I can really say. Shame for McLaren. Mm.
0: Yeah, we've covered, covered all the major events of the race, but we will kind of touch back on the leaders because we didn't discuss it too much. It was at the front. It was, you know, a kind of formality. There wasn't much, I don't know, challenge. There was Bottas, Dink do great off the start and you know there was a bit through the first sector where it looked like something interesting could happen but in terms of the two Mercedes they were kind of rampant there was no sign of the problems that troubled them at Silverstone or um, the Red Bull ring and yeah just another dominant drive for them and particularly Lewis where kind of where does this leave Bottas Is his position changed is it just kind of another Nailing the cop in the season. I
2: mean, I, best
0: season, isn't it? Sorry, lose his best season.
1: Hands down, already.
2: Uh, it's only been seven races. It's 50, so points points <laughs> Fifty points clear of
1: Bottas. Fifty points clear of Bottas. Forty-seven clear of Verstappen. Only been seven races. Uh,
2: yeah, well, I think wow. I feel I we should. Uh, debate about this at the end of the season because 2018 and 2017 was pretty good as well. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, for Bottas, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know about you, Freddie and Adam. Uh, Freddie, you could see the pictures, obviously, but Bottas looked really close to Hamilton down Rouge And I thought he would at least have a mm. chance to get side by side down the Kemble Street because Rouge is flat even at the start. So yeah. the Bottas must have lifted or whatever to. For whatever reason, but yeah, I'm. I was thinking, right, he's going to get him here down the Kemble Straight because we know how draggy these cars are. Get the slipstream and take the lead on the first lap. But it just didn't happen, and the same thing happened on the restart as well. Nowhere near, and didn't even get close. I was just, like, he knows those are his chances to win the race, and for whatever reason, he he didn't go for it. I don't know whether it's the team telling him, you know, don't attack or is it him, you know, not being able to do it. He's
1: It feels to me like it is him not able to do it because, like, he didn't, he wasn't boxed in at all by Verstappen. Verstappen was focusing on Ricardo completely. They were both behind Bottas, but Verstappen couldn't quite get alongside Bottas. And when he was alongside, I think for a little bit, he was close to being alongside, but Bottas then was able to pull ahead a bit more. And it was as if Bottas was so focused on behind that he just wasn't thinking about any hope of an attack. Then was like, okay, good, that's dealt with. Where's some breaking point? Cool, done and that that was it for me for bottas and that that was it for the race it was it was one of the more one of the most lackluster performances from bottas i think because mm. like he doesn't even have an excuse of he was jumped by stroll and verstappen or um he was already in the lead <laughs> he doesn't have that excuse mm. um so he just he didn't go for it for some reason again and then when he was behind, he was just gradually slipping back, slipping back, slipping back. Oh, the safety car. Yay. Oh, no, I'm going to slip back again.
0: Uh, oh, not, come he's on. Had, he's had quite a lot of safety car restarts this season from second plate and not managed to make any of them work. But in, over the season, who do you think is Hamilton's biggest rival? Would you say it's Verstappen for the title? Would you say it's Verstappen or Bottas?
2: Himself, uh, himself. Yeah, how's he
0: going?
2: problem.
1: If 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 Verstappen or Bottas is going to give it anything there's only three points difference. I think at the moment you can only you can you can. I, I would package them as the threat rather than as individual um, potential for Verstappen could do, it, potential Bottas could do. Because so I think the results they will get will be relatively similar. Actually, to be honest, based on the form we've just had for this past seven races um, but I think if Hamilton is going to throw it away both of them will be in a position to pick it up if it's thrown away to that level but Hamilton would need to throw it away
0: and, okay. yeah, he if, to... he did,
1: if he did I think Verstappen
0: yeah, If he did or if he gets injured or, or gets COVID oh, or whatever that's... and misses races or whatever you're saying Verstappen-Freddy no,
2: uh, It depends on uh I'm, it depends on the car. I'm really not sure. Because the Red Bull tend to develop better than Mercedes, don't they? But then again, the
1: stuff of is doesn't
2: it? <laughs> but then again, yeah, the, the Mercedes is such a good car. Uh I'm gonna I'll go with Bottas, just because Mercedes would then put all the regs into mm-hmm. Bottas's hands. That's a good point. Yeah, it?
0: I think it is quite a flawed question, but that's what we like. And yeah, I'd, I'd go with Bottas
2: Kind of sad so, yeah. having to ask that question, isn't it? <laughs> um, can I give, a, can I give yeah.
1: a shout out to my least favorite rule in Formula One? No. Um, okay. So, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But, um, so it, I think it was for 2019, might be in 2018 season that they said um, we're going to do away with the safety car line rule, and you can only overtake at the start or finish line. It's like okay, fair enough. But when you look at you look at when. Hamilton led away from the safety car today they are all tripping over each other trying not to overtake each other let them race there put a safety car line just before the bus stop and give it the first braking zone at full speed give them a fight let them race don't if you're going to do that Hamilton sit and wait until you get to the start finish line before going because otherwise it's infuriating anyway carry on again that's my catchphrase now
0: And away from the racing, the other kind of big news since we last did a podcast, or since Freddie and Nigel did last did their podcast, is the Bahrain announcement that there's there's going to be two races at Bahrain, and one is going to be on the outer circuit, which is basically a square with three sides in a straight line, and then some f's in the other side. It's a bit of a weird one. It's going to be very strange. They're thinking sub minute lap Is it submit it or 45 seconds but there's going to be very 45
2: seconds oh my word 55
0: 55 was the simulation (laughs) i saw
1: 45 would be pretty quick would not it 45 would be you wouldn't be able to keep track
0: of it (laughs) but yeah it's gonna be well what do you think what do you guys think of it it's different to some you know tracks that we've had in f1 for a long time
2: yeah, it's good to see some variety. As I talked about for a certain website a few months ago before the season, variety is what four One needs. You need different styles of tracks to have different results and all that stuff. So having a circuit like this where they're going to have to put low downforce, be good down the straights, is going to be a unique challenge for the team. So yes, Mercedes might still get one and two and they probably will. But behind that is going to be a whole train of cars and it's going to be great yeah it should be should be pretty fun
1: it's gonna be great for the f2 finale
2: yeah
1: that's where the final race is it's going to be a sprint race around um, the Bahrain outer layout which is going to be a slipstream fest in the way that f2 can be on most tracks but it's going to be ridiculous and if you go if you're looking at f2 as it is now where you've got Ten points separating the top two in the championship, boom, boom, boom! It'll be brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to it more for that than
0: the F1. It's going to be a sprint race on the sprintier circuit that F1 had for a very long time. I think mm. someone I heard someone compare it to the ABUS track in Germany that they used in the 50s. It was literally <laughs> two massive. Yeah, it was like two sides of two sides of the motorway, and then the um, and then a hairpin at each. And <laughs> pretty much, it was, it was a bit of a strange one, but yeah, I'm very excited to see how it's different. And I think it will be a chaotic race, or I hope it will be. Or I think it will just be chaotic, even if the rating itself isn't that chaotic, it'll be chaotic to watch.
1: Bahrain's um, been really good in recent years, yeah, with the slipstream. So just add more to it, go on then. Oh, what's going to happen now? Presumably, they'll put a DRS down the final straight as well, which they haven't done in the past. Because normally they'd have one in the middle of the track. So if it's just going to be, oh, he's got him. Oh, he's got him back. Oh, he's got him back again. Oh, he's got him again. Oh, he's got him again. And it would be like, it would be closer to an IndyCar race than F1's ever got.
2: Yeah. Yeah. F1 should be more (laughs) IndyCar. That's definitely another podcast. (laughs) There'll
0: be no point having, you know, you might as well just have one DRS zone starting at, like, the third straight kind of the, the straight that goes to the last corner That'll and then finishing, yeah just just do that because like it's all for three quarters of a lap it's all going to be flat out with DRS anyway so yeah I think I'm excited to see how it works and
2: give them know, a nitrous button half <laughs> a <Apart from> Mercedes <laughs> how dare um, you
1: how dare you suggest holding back the people who are, are winning Nigel
2: so that's what the FIA are trying to do, except it's not going to happen.
0: I mean, yeah, they as well have <laughs> just, Chu. Instead of bringing in, body,
2: instead
0: <laughs> of bringing in the engine rule, I feel like they should have just, like, you know, given give Mercedes some weight, lead weight or something. Like it's like, it's still it's the same amount of targeting, but I don't know. I, I know you discussed that BCCC? Um, that is, yeah, yeah, ballast, <laughs> like. Yeah, I know 60 kilos
1: in Lewis Hamilton's car, or whatever it is that they give to Ash Sutton yeah, these days.
0: 60 <laughs> kilos. But it's just like, it's so kind of targeted at Mercedes, like is it kind of, or feels like that's the aim of it. Um, but yeah, we, or you discussed that, and I think you kind of echoed a lot of my thoughts really on it. So we won't go into that. And we have got to the end of the Belgian Grand Prix, Review and a few other things besides. It was good to be back, good to be chatting about this stuff after two weeks away. And yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, I, I, I really missed in this podcast while I was on holiday
1: in Devon by the beach.
0: Yeah, I was. At, I, I listened to the um, bar preview on the beach. So yeah, sitting, sitting out on Sunday, it was great. Um, but we will be back next week. Or in a few days for our Italian Grand Prix preview. Um we'll be doing more album talk and we'll also be talking about the Italian Grand Prix because that's what this podcast is. Um but we've talked about our Twitters earlier in the show. But Freddie, where oh can God. people find us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. We have our very own oh, podcast Twitter account, which is at Wingit F1, where you can find various tweets. Um, yes, we have all have got our own personal Twitter accounts, where the tweets are also various. Um, mine is at Fred Coates nineteen ninety nine. Adams was and still is at Adam Dickinson zero one, and at Nigel C Journo is the tag of young Nigel. We can also be found as a podcast on YouTube on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play about a day afterwards for some reason, and on Acast, which is our podcast provider. We've got our own website where you can find the podcast. And that is really kind of it. There's nowhere else. There's next week.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we need to start doing that at the start of the show, really. because No, we just
2: need to stop doing it, to be honest. (laughs) Um,
0: But but then then people will never know where to find us.
2: Yeah, That's even though they're watching or listening already. Oh, yeah. No, they're not.
0: <laughs> Give us a wave um, if you're watching. Yeah, well, we will, on that note, we will wrap up from me, oh uh, Freddie, Michael, and me. I <laughs> <laughs> <You> didn't wave. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> the, end, the end of the podcast is always chaotic. But yeah, thank you very much. you. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few days for our Monza preview. And until then, goodbye.